welcome to our Victory Outreach Chino podcast. We pray you are blessed, encouraged, and challenged with this message. Uh, Genesis chapter 12. I'm going to go ahead and read the Bible, right? That's what we're here for, right? <laughs> Amen. The Bible says in Genesis 12, it says, And the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, your father's household to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing. Watch this verse 4. So Abram went as the Lord had told him. Let's say one more quick prayer. God, I pray you have your way. Move me aside. God, ministered by your Holy Spirit today. In Jesus' name. And everybody says amen. And you may go ahead and be seated. The title of my message here today is Breaking Ordinary. The term ordinary, I want to give you a definition of the, ordinary, the word ordinary just in case you never heard it, right? The word ordinary means not exceptional in any way, especially in quality, ability, size, degree. Uh, terms used or phrases used with this word is ordinary everyday objects, ordinary decency or an ordinary day or having no special distinction or quality. Widely known, commonly encountered, it's a pretty depressing definition, right? Ordinary. And matter of fact, if you think about the word uh, uh, ordinary, the term ordinary, nobody is really called to be ordinary. Nobody is called to be ordinary. Matter of fact, nobody even really wants to be ordinary. They just end up settling for it. We settle for being ordinary. Nobody uh, on January 1st decides uh, to make resolutions to be ordinary, right? This year, I want to make some, an ordinary impact on the people around me, right? I want to have some, uh, an ordinary ma- marriage. I want to make some ordinary money, and I'm really believing God for it, right? It, do- it just doesn't happen. People don't say that. People don't think that way. Uh, uh, they don't think that way. Nobody really wants to be ordinary. They settle for it. When I was a kid, I wanted a Lamborghini, right? But I settled for a Honda, right? Come on, right? I wanted a private jet, but I settled for Spirit Airlines. Come on, right? You got to pay for everything, right? The food, the bag, right? The air, right? Amen, right? I wanted a degree, right? For some people, we, we, we want a degree, but we settle for a GED, right? If that's you, raise your... No, I'm just playing. Don't, don't, right? Or some people, they want to own their own business, but they settle for just complaining about the one they work for, right? Guess what? Spiritually, people settle for ordinary too. People settle for ordinary spiritually too. They want to be used by God in a great way, but they settle for compromise. They want a woman of God, that that special lady in their life, but they settle for someone that's accessible. They want the best, but they settle for what is easy. People settle for ordinary. They settle for less than best. They settle for something uh, less than par. And see, ordinary is right in the middle between uh, uh, nothing, right? We got nothing over here. And over here on this side, we got everything that we could possibly want or dream. And right in the middle is ordinary. 
ordinary. Matter of fact, even the Bible says that God doesn't like ordinary, right? And he uses a different term and he describes it as being lukewarm. Not hot, not cold, but in the middle, ordinary. The Bible says that he spits it out of his mouth, right? Ordinary. In this time, in this day, you can turn the TV on, you can watch the news, you can look at social media, but in this day and in this hour, in the schools that our children go to, is not the time for ordinary Christians to be walking around. We need extraordinary, on fire, radical, filled up, Holy Ghost believing for miracles and healings and breakthroughs and revivalists, people that are going to take their generation, their city, their family. We need extraordinary believers. Somebody say amen. We don't need ordinary. There ain't no room for ordinary. We need greatness and purpose and supernatural things to take place to believe God for this confused world. We need God to move. We need believers that are going to be radical and on fire for him. Somebody say amen. Our opening text is exactly about what we're talking about now. The Bible says that God showed up to Abraham and he was asking him to get up where he was from, to leave where he was at. And so when you think about that, you think about, well, where was Abraham? Right? How did he get there? Where is he going? It's like a little novella, right? Like, ooh, what's going to happen, right? What's going to happen? What's well, a good question? The Bible says in Genesis chapter 11, it records Abraham's father, Terah. And he lived in Ur of the Chaldeans. It was an idolatrous land, and it was known for sin and wickedness. And he took his family, they packed their things, and they started about a journey heading towards Canaan. Now, Canaan is a very symbolic place. It represents God's promises. It represents salvation. It represents a, a, a prosperous place, a, a place where God wants us to be. And so we see Terah here with his family. He's here in a place like Ur of the Shouting. It represents sin and just, you know what, I'm going to get my family. And I'm going to take my family to another place. I'm going to get my family up out the hood. Come on, somebody, if I could speak a little relatable. I'm going to get my family up out the hood, up out the hood. I want to go to a spacious place where God wants me. I want to read you real quick a verse, verse 11, chapter 30, or chapter 11, verse 31. It says, Terah took Abraham, his son, and Lot, the son of Haran, his grandson, and Sarai, the daughter-in-law, uh, his son Abram's wife. And they went forth together from Ur of the Chaldeans to go into the land of Canaan. Watch this. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. And in the days of Terah were 205 years, and this is important, and Terah died in Haran. The Bible says that Abraham's father, he got up, just like we just talked about, 
he had a plan. He wanted to see change. He wanted to see a, a, a new area, a new life, a better life, a spacious life. And as he was on his way, he was leaving sin and death and nothing. And he was on his way to greatness in Canaan. The Bible says that on his way and on his journey, he stopped, he settled, and he died halfway to greatness. I want you to put that map up. Check this out, right? So if you look at the map, right, this is not a uh, PowerPoint presentation. The Bible says that his family was in Ur of the Chaldeans, and they were making their way uh, over there to Canaan, and they stopped at Iran. Almost halfway point. You can take the map off. That's pretty much all I got there. Right? Amen. Our text shows that he never made that journey. He never made that journey for one reason or another. He stopped, and he didn't stop alone. He stopped with his family, and he settled halfway. I don't know about you, but I don't want there to be a stamp on my life that I just made it halfway to where God had for me. Halfway where what God wanted and half of the purpose and half of the joy and half of the provision. I want to be a young man, a, a man of God, a husband, a father, a disciple that goes the distance, that makes the journey, that goes where God wants me to be. Finish the journey. This story, it often describes the hearts and lives of today's Christians. They can, like Abraham, they can find themselves stuck. Smack in the middle between sin and win. Right, right in the middle. And we could think, we could say, well, I'm not in Ur or I'm not in Egypt no more. Yeah, but you're not in Canaan either. Well, I don't get high no more. I don't rob people no more. I got a job now. Yeah, that's, that's great, right? Congratulations, right? Right? You're clean now. That's good, right? Congratulations. Welcome to normal, right? <laughs> You're clean now, right? Good job, right? You Welcome to normal population, right? Right? We were just messed. We were so messed up that when we become normal, we're like, we're, we're, it's a win, right? We're like, yeah, right? We're woo, right? I want to keep going. I want to keep going. I don't want to settle. I don't want to stop. God has more for you. God has more provision and favor. And he wants to use you in a bigger way. And he wants to use you to preach and disciple. And come on, be an evangelist or travel. The God has more purpose for you than you may even think. He's got more for you. And tonight, I believe that God is calling us to leave ordinary, to leave average, to move towards greatness and purpose and salvation and anointing and enter in to the supernatural. You know, every year, me and my wife, we like to put a, a, a word that directs the year, right? You guys ever done that? Like anything weird like that, right? So me and my wife are like, we're going to pray for a word. We need a word, like an actual word, like one word. 
And this year, the word is more, right? Dramatic, right? And we picked more because it rhymes with 24, right? More in 24, right? I want more. I am not satisfied with whatever I think is, is possible or capable or whatever accomplishments we think we already have done. I want more of God and more of his plan and provision. Is anybody here, do you want more of God and more of his word and more of his presence? What I love most about this text is that God loved Abraham so much that he didn't let him die where his father left him. He was there, stuck, a victim of his surrounding, a victim of his family legacy, stuck in being average, stuck in being mediocre and ordinary. But God loved Abraham so much, he loved you and I so much that he came and he knocked on our life and he knocked on our door and you got that phone call, that person witnessed to you, that person messaged you, whatever it was, he loved you so much, he got you, he grabbed you, he got your attention just like he did Abraham. He shows up in our life to, to shake us up, to get our attention and he interrupted our life. He says, God says, hey, get up. I'm not going to let you go another year being the same. I'm not going to let you have, a, be in, have another year stuck where you may be. This is the year that you're going to accomplish. This is the year that you're going to achieve. This is the year that you're going to get a breakthrough. This is the year for your healing. This is the year where you're going to be an owner, not a renter. You're going to be a lender, not a borrower. You're going to be walking in favor and healing and provision. This is your year. There's a couple of things that we can learn from Abraham. The first thing is that we misunderstand that God did not intend us to be ordinary. God never intended for you and I to be ordinary. The Bible says in Genesis 12, 1, our verse we just read, and the Lord says to Abram, he says, go from your country. Go from your country. Interestingly enough, God calls Haran his country, not because he was born there, not because that's, you know, that was his place of origin. It was likely because mentally he settled there. He settled there. And, and it, it could sound something like this. I guess this is how it's going to be. I guess this is how my Christianity is going to be. I guess that, that Christians just struggle like this. Or I guess that I'm just never going to just stay saved for longer than a couple of years. Whatever it is, I guess that I'm just always going to financially struggle. That's what it sounds like when mentally we settle. But God never intended for us to be ordinary. It is not his plan for us to be ordinary. And if you're convinced that God uh, cannot take you deeper, that God can't take you further, that God can't take you higher, I want to talk to you for just a second and tell you that Jesus did not die on the cross for you to be ordinary. He did not pay the ultimate price for you and I, for us to be ordinary Christians and halfway saved and halfway great and halfway involved and halfway in love with him and 
halfway through essentials, come on, halfway through Vethi, God has called us and he died for us. He has a plan for us. And listen, what he sets out to do, he finishes it. Philippians 1.6, and I'm sure of this, that he who begins a work in you will bring it to completion. Some of us were not finishers, right? But I came to tell you that God is a finisher. God is a finisher. When he starts a work in your life, he will bring it to completion. That's why you're not dead. That's why, come on, you didn't overdose. That's why that court, come on, that judge gave you grace. That's why you got that job. That's why you're still in the seat that you're at. That's why your marriage hasn't fallen apart. Because God, when he starts something, he finishes it. Tell your neighbor, he's a finisher. Abraham was probably taught to settle. Abraham was probably taught to settle. You know how I know? Raise your hand if you have kids. Wave your hand. Just wave your hand. Yeah, keep you in prayer. You know what I'm saying, right? Keep you in prayer, right? Uh, spirit of diapers. No, I'm just being right. Have you ever told your kids where you're going in a car and then you don't drive where you said you were going to drive? Right? Right? My kids are like, Dad, you passed the turn, right? Where are we going, Dad? Right? And right. So I'm like, gosh, what, I have little supervisors in the back of my car or what, you know? This is how I know that Abraham was taught by his father to settle. Because he gathered up his family, you know, we're leaving, we're out of here, right? We're, you know, we're out of, uh, 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 we're, we're leaving, right, uh, Ontario, and we're going to Rancho Cucamonga. And I'm just playing, right, right, right? Let's go, right? Gathers up the family. He says, we're leaving here. We're going to Canaan. And they make their way, and they're on their way to Canaan. And remember, we're, we're talking kids here, right? Like, where are we going, Dad? Right? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Right? The camel, the camel, right? Yeah, can I use the iPad, right? Or whatever, right? And they stop. They stop somewhere that they're not supposed to. They're not even, that's not where they're going. And so... Abraham's father not only has to justify to himself why he settled, but he probably has to explain to his family, right? Convincing them of the same, convincing them of this is where we're just going to be. You know what? I'm not sure what I was thinking. This is going to have to work. Whatever the case was, Abraham was taught to settle. He was taught to settle. He was trained. It was something that he grew up in, and he was convinced. And some of us, we've been programmed to do the same. We've been programmed in our upbringing uh, to settle. We've been programmed in our upbringing. We have maybe experienced things and heard things and seen things that could paralyze our lives. They can paralyze our lives. And, and, and I came to say this, that in 2024, we are going to break those lies and those shackles and those things that you shouldn't have seen, those things that you shouldn't have experienced. We're going to unlearn some things and we're going to rewire. God's going to rewire us in 2024 where we don't have no shackles and no limitations and no reprogramming needed because this is going to be be a year of breakthrough. Some of us, we think so low of ourselves. 
we think so low of ourselves. And, and, and I want to say this, that you know what? The enemy has been priming us our whole lives. Our whole lives from maybe some of us as far back as we can remember. There's a cloud and over our lives and uh, uh, not a, a healthy self-image. And we walk around and people could give us compliments. And, and those compliments come and they smack our chest and they slide to the ground. Right? You ever met somebody like that? You look amazing. Yeah, you're lying. Right? I'm like, what? Hey, that was a great job preaching. Yeah, yeah, yeah whatever. <laughs> the enemy primes us and works on us. Matter of fact, there's a quote that says this, tell a lie long enough and it becomes the truth. The enemy has been telling lies. He's been telling lies and speaking lies over you and to you and about you. And, and guess what? Over years and years and years, we begin to hear those lies, believe those lies, walk in those lies, but not anymore. Not anymore. Somebody, come on, say not anymore. We're not going to believe the lies. God has not intended us to be ordinary in any way, but he's called us to be extraordinary. I came to the church with a hard time with this idea of thinking that God could use me. Many of you have heard my testimony of, 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 of attempting to be aborted on, and I, I carried this, this feeling of not being wanted. Being rejected and, you know, just knowing that, that, that my father gave my mom money to get an abortion. It bothered me and it, it made me walk a, a different. But I came to tell you today that God has a way about speaking life through his people, through leaders, through our pastors, through the pulpits, to be able to lift us up, to be able to break the lies, to see that God has plans for our life, that God wants to use us, that God called us to be the head and not the tail, above and not below, that God has great things for us, and, and the word of God and people begin to change those lies in our mind. You know, and I had a hard time understanding that. But when you look in the Bible, you see men like Gideon and Jeremiah and Isaiah and all these awesome men of God that God had used in a powerful way. And, and they struggled seeing themselves as capable of what God's called them to do. I said, oh, cool. I like that, right? That's like, that's how I feel. And it's very, very soon I realized that God actually takes pleasure in using people that don't think that they're, they're great. They don't think that they could do everything. They don't think that they're capable of these great things. God takes pleasure because he gets the glory. He gets the glory when we do amazing things and start businesses and have V groups and reach people and do powerful things. We don't get the glory because we're all messed up. And we, we, you know, we, what can we really do on our own? But God gets the glory, when we look to him, we're dependent upon him. He loves it. <laughs> Secondly, breaking ordinary, it takes work. After realizing that we're not called to be ordinary, it's important to understand that it's going to take fight and effort to get there. Being called to be great and being great are two different things, right? Somebody say amen, right? You could be called all you want to be great, right? My wife could call me and she could tell me to wash the dishes. That don't mean that the dishes are going to get done, right? Right? 
Unless, you know, unless she calls me twice, then I got to listen. You see what I'm saying, right? Take David's life, for instance. David was anointed king as a young child, but he had to go through a process to fill the shoes that he was told that he would wear. It was a process. The process contributes to our greatness. We cannot take shortcuts to being great. We cannot this year take any shortcuts. If God has called us to do great things, there is no shortcut. There's going to be hard work. There's going to be dedication to get there. And a lot of people today want to skip the process. We want to skip the process and we want to go from ordinary to extraordinary, not even understanding all the work that it takes to get there. Some people want to preach, but they don't want to study, right? They want to be an evangelist, but they don't want to evangelize, right? They want to be a leader, but they don't want to follow, right? They want to have an armor bearer, but they don't want to be one, right? They want to move in the spirit, but they ain't filled with them, right? You see? Abraham was promised, promised many things. But it just didn't happen. When God showed up in, Ge in Genesis 12 and called Abraham, and he says, go to the land. And ch check out on this. God shows up and says, hey, go to the land that I'm going to show you. He packed up his stuff, and he didn't even know where he was going. He's like, all right, where are we going? Where are we going? You know, right? Did you notice that? It doesn't even say where he's going to go. It just says, go to the land that I will show you, right? Imagine, I'm like, hey, bro, pack your stuff. We're going somewhere. Like, but where, right? Don't worry about it. Just get your stuff. Like, okay, all right, let's go, right? I could just imagine Abraham's like, all right, all right, God. <laughs> right. Right. But there was a process. He had to go through a process to get all that God had. And there's a process. And, and he had to go through division in his family. His nephew was taken into captivity. Him and his wife were almost killed. They waited for years to have a child. There was a process. Right, well, when do we start? When do we start? If God's called us to be great and, and out of the ordinary, we start now. Start now. Start now being great. Start now. If God's called you to be a pastor, start operating now like a pastor. If he called you to be an evangelist or a business owner, come on, don't wait till later. Start walking in it now and operating now and growing now and moving now to the greatness that God's called you. Verse 4, uh, literally the next verse, it says, so Abram went. The next verse he went. How long does it take some of us, right? A couple chapters, come on, right? right? A couple chapters, right? A couple other books, and boom, a couple other books later, right? Abraham, the next verse, ya se fue, right? Speedy Gonzalez right there, ready to go. Ask any champion how much work it takes to be great. Champions are not made in the ring, they are merely recognized there. There is work that it takes to be great, to do great things this year. It's going to take a lot of work. It's going to take uh, uh, being a master of your craft and being consistent and being diligent and disciplined. Somebody say amen. And once a year, we all have the rare timing and a mentality where we want to change, right? It's New Year's. New Year's, we want to start the year. We want to do things different. And in this time... We want to be right there. We want to focus ourselves, realign ourselves, and it's perfect timing for all this. But none of those things will happen if we don't 
uh, are, are not willing to take the actual steps to doing them, the hard work. I want to provide just a couple of quick practical tips. Number one, vocalize your vision. If you have a vision that God spoke to you this year to do great things, tell somebody about it, right? Say something, vocalize it, talk to people about what God has spoken to you about because the more people, when you say it, you're held accountable to do it, right? Right. So, like, I, I, I started a New Year's resolution to go to the gym, but I didn't tell nobody. So if I don't go, nobody really knew that I made the resolution. And so, really, I didn't let nobody down. You see what I'm saying, right? Because I didn't tell nobody, right? But when you tell people, hey, I thought you said you were not going to drink soda no more, right? Or whatever, right? Just, just an example, right? Hey, I thought you said that you were going to go evangelizing every Sunday now after church, right? Hey, I thought you said this, or I thought you said that the more that we vocalize, people can hold us accountable. Another thing, accountability. Approach somebody and tell them what, what great things that you want to do this year and ask them to hold you accountable. Another thing, small steps. Separate small practical action steps towards being what you want to be this year, right? It's a lot easier to climb stairs than to rock climb, right? Set goals. Set small steps to be able to do something great for God. I want the keyboard to come. It's a lot easier, so we need to break ordinary this year, and it takes hard work. It takes dedication. Is there anybody willing to put in the hard work to be great this year, right? <laughs> to put in the hard work to be great, to do great things, to be used in a great way. And very quickly, the last thing that I want to look at is breaking ordinary requires letting go. When I put together this message, I asked myself, why didn't Abraham's father finish the journey, right? It's kind of a little discouraging, right? Just get, get the family, we're excited, we're going. He did not finish. Commentaries have different things to say about it. Couple ones that I read, he didn't have physical and emotional strength to finish the journey. Uh, he experienced something that stopped him in his tracks, and he wasn't willing to fight past it. I'm not really sure what it was, but I started a lot of journeys in, in my life for change, journeys to be better, you know, journeys to surrender. I want to do this. I want to do that, and I didn't always make those journeys. There's been times and there's been instances where I've found myself stuck too. When we look at this, the city that Abraham and his family were at, Haran, it was named after his dead son. What I didn't mention in the beginning, I think it's important to, to discuss, is the Bible says that when, when Terah and his family, when they left, the Bible says that their son, Haran, died. And the son died, and then they packed their stuff up, and they left. Right? And what's interesting to me is this, is that as they were making their journey, they came across a city that is named the same as their dead son. Right? And they stopped there, they settled there. And Abraham's father died there. 
What it makes me think about is sometimes there's problems that we try to run from. We try to run from problems. We try to run from issues. We try to run from areas. And we think every year we say, okay, I'm going to do this. And the same thing that we were running from is later on because we didn't deal with the issue properly. We didn't let it go to the core. We didn't, you know, let things, we didn't work through it properly. That same thing that we ran from can come and take us out later. I want us to all stand to our feet. Sometimes things can hinder us. Events, mistakes, circumstances, failures, fears. They can hinder us. They can stop us. We can be clinged or tied to these things. Haran, named right after their fallen son, can also represent our tendency to allow our past to affect our future. Our past to affect our future. I remember when I was getting high, I was addicted to crystal meth, and I got on a plane, and I flew to New Mexico, right? Ask me who I knew in New Mexico, right? Nobody, right? I was so desperate to change. So desperate. I wanted to stop getting high. I had this tweaker idea, right? Like, I'm going to fly to New Mexico, right? Like, I said, why? I wasn't thinking, right? So I fly to New Mexico. Right? I don't know nobody, right? And I don't even—I don't even know how I ate or lived or what. I don't—I just know I didn't. I don't remember. I don't remember living in the street. Right? I just must have been in somewhere, you know. But anyways, a couple weeks in, I remember being clean. I'm like, okay, I, I feel good. So I flew back to California, and I instantly started getting high again. Right? I'm like, dang it, right? Too, too bad, right? But sometimes we have these areas. We drag them in to our, the next year and the next year and the next year. And they follow us to the next year. And the ne- am, am I, is anybody, come on, hearing what I'm saying? There's these areas and it's like, you're still. why are you still attached to me? And I don't want you in my life no more. And I, I, want, I, I thought I got rid of you. And how did you come back here? And we're just, we're going and, and we're going. And I believe that this is the year, a special year, when we're going to sever some ties that are never going to come back again. But we got to let go. We got to let go. If we're going to be great and do the great things that God has, we're going to do great things. We got we to gotta, we gotta let go. What's your Haran? What is the area? What is the thing? What is, what is that thing in your life? It could be little or it could be big. Right there where you're at, all over this place, I want you to close your eyes and just, just take a second with the Lord, just for one moment. I want you to talk to God in your own way, your own words. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for joining our podcast. We pray these messages build, encourage, and strengthen you in your faith. If you would like to partner with us, the Mother Church is a great place to sow a seed. 
So head on over to our website at viochino.org and click the giving link located at the top of the page. Also, we would love to hear from you. So leave us a praise report, prayer request, or if you've given your life to the Lord, let us know by filling out the salvation card. We would love to connect with you and help you get started on your journey of serving God here at Victory Outreach Chino. 